Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Secret Birds HQ podcast. And this is podcast episode 58. And today we are joined by Sunila Jayasuraya Abinaike. My goodness, I hope I pronounced that correctly. (laughs) (laughs) Did I, did I, Sunila, did I pronounce it correctly? Not really, not really, Joanne. (laughs) You know what, we're going to have a first. Sunila, please introduce yourself. Tell us your name. (laughs) Okay, thank you so much. Firstly, thank you so much. It's such an honor and so wonderful to join you and your wonderful global audience. So my name is Sunila Jai Surya and um, I represent Women Empowered Global. Good. And your surname, how do you pronounce your surname? It's not Abineke. So basically, I have two. So it's Jaya Surya uh-huh. Abhinayaka. Abhinayaka. Okay. Yes. Wow. <laughs> I pronounced it like I would like a West African name. Oh, God, that was awful. <laughs> Please accept my apology. But I'm no, so- you're good. You're good. That's good. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm, I'm always butchering people's names. I'm so delighted <laughs> to have you here. And as Sunela said, she's the founder and CEO of Women Empowered Global, which is based in Sri Lanka. Now, a little bit about Sunela. She's an awarded international speaker, a leadership and management trainer, and a business and performance coach. She has been involved in the corporate world in her native Sri Lanka for many years, working as a country manager for Sri Lanka and head of marketing international, where you represented various firms. So you've you've dealt with um, the US, Australia, UAE, and the UK. Uh, You worked for quite a few 500 500, um, Fortune 500 companies, uh, doing everything from brand development, to marketing, communications, public relations, stakeholder management, and corporate social responsibility. So you've been doing a lot in the corporate world. And um, in terms of your training and your coaching, you've been doing that uh, lead training and business consult. You work for lead training and business consulting group, the choir group of companies. Yes. And yes. it would be great to learn what you were doing there. And then there's all the other stuff like that you do, for example, being involved with the All Ladies League, uh, you've been awarded the Women in Business Scholarship. You're going off in a few weeks to the U.S. in D.C. to speak at an amazing event. So you've got a lot going on. Thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you so much, Joanne. Great. So with McGuire, so basically um, a lot of people that see my profile, they're like, oh my goodness, you're doing so many things, wearing so many different hats. But let me Why? tell you, <laughs> my focus is very clear. My focus is all about leadership acceleration for women around the world. And it doesn't matter to me where they come from or how much they've been achieved. The only critical question that starts for me begins with the question, how far do you want to go? Do you know it? And a lot of women, just, they, they, just, they just stop right there and they're like, no, actually I don't. I could just tell you how proud I am of how far I've come. I'm like, well done. But we also need to talk now about what next for yourself, you know. So a lot of what I do now um, through Women Empowered is where I really focus a lot of my time and energy. And that's about impacting women to bring transformation not only to themselves, their communities through identifying their personal um, the higher self as a woman, but also how they could make an impact in the world. So it's about that network, that sisterhood, how do we establish that? So that's my role within Women Empowered, the vision. 
and I'm also on the director board of Macquire. Macquire does a lot of leadership training and coaching in Sri Lanka and South Asia. <coughs> so I'm uh, basically uh, a board of director there and supporting them with their training programs, their initiatives, looking at new training products we can put out there that will really uplift and enhance the soft skills uh, and competencies of, of people, uh, which is the biggest asset in any organization. So, yeah. Definitely. Wow, that's a lot. So you've got a lot of corporate experience, a lot, a lot, a lot of corporate experience. When did you decide to start um, Women Empowered Global? Yeah, Joe, I mean, you know, I'm your typical corporate breed because <laughs> I, I grew in the corporate culture. Yes. I faced yes. the battles in politics. I went through the tormenting structures of compliance well it does grow you to an extent as well and I'm very grateful for all, all the experience again for my corporate my corporate uh, experience but one thing I did realize is that I am an odd peg in the wheel <laughs> yes. I needed to really find myself so after working for many many years in in um, multinationals international companies for other people I still felt empty, Joe. I felt really empty. And there was a point in my life, I had everything material. I had a, a, a very well-paying job. But still, I felt empty and I almost hit depression. And I was thinking, there has to be relate. more than this. I can relate totally to that. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I and I thought, you know what? What is my higher self? Surely it can't be to just, you know, make a brand rich. Surely it can't be to just make an organization rich. I want to get into the business of helping, uplifting souls, people transformation, that sort of thing. You know, but that, that realization for me, Joe, just yeah. to take a step back from all this, it was a process. Wow, oh. <laughs> if I could just tell oh. you about the process. Hello. Oh my goodness. <laughs> no, because I So I, before you go on, I just mm -hmm. want to let people know uh -huh. we're having mm -hmm. the conversation we're having today is the topic is the empowered woman. And this is a really important topic to both of us to be honest because I think mm. we are from completely disparate like places you and I, but we have so much <laughs> in terms of our family history remember we talked about mm. that um that's right yeah backgrounds and just having to go through our own empowerment um process and it's never ending and it keeps going and this is going to be a, a heart talk <laughs> a real talk it is a hard talk you got that one <laughs> and check out the website heart to heart. about those heart talks that are on um your amazing platform by the way but yeah so i want i want people to know that this this is the main topic for today so please carry on and tell us about just yeah your journey and as you, i think the last thing you said that was that you were feeling a bit empty and you feel like there's much there's got to be more than this yes joe so basically what i found myself doing is that i found myself really manufacturing myself to fit myself within the multinational mold of excellence, performance excellence. And I would perform, I would work well, but then within that system, you find yourself almost losing yourself. Uh, but I say this very cautiously and very mindfully because it's not to discourage anybody who wants to work in a multinational or corporate to think, oh, you know, it, it's just not for me or it's negative. No, no, that's not, that's not what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say 
is that you will know that for a fact, if you look at the, the companies out there, if you look at the, the setup out there, the working setup, it is geared for corporates. It's geared for you to work for someone else, not for yourself. So you need to know within yourself whether you really want to, you know, uh, sort of step out of that and, and, and get into the path of an entrepreneur. And only you will know. And let me tell you my journey. That is what Joe asked me. So I was working for many people throughout my life, other people, and um, I, I was born to a family of professionals, but my parents always worked. We were just a middle-class family, but my parents, they, theirs was a love marriage. And in South Asia, love marriage is taboo in their generation. Of course. Because of course, everything, yeah, everything is a proposed marriage draw, you know. So mm. my parents fell in love, a real Romeo Juliet story. So their beginning was very humble. So we weren't, we weren't raised in that lap of luxury, so to speak. We never had all that stuff, you know. But then, you know, my parents worked really hard and, you know, um, I got to see my, the good thing that came out of that is that I got to see my mother uh, break out of that typical cultural mold where women at that time were compelled to stay at home. Whereas I saw my mother working and also I saw my mother progressing in her career. I not only saw a woman at work, I saw a powerful woman making decisions, calling shots, climbing the ladder. And that inspired me. And I think that was also something that sort of gave me that um, different perspective being a South Asian girl that women can defy the odds. Women can go out of what society says. You, you can discover and, and contribute. And that women have a right to contribute, you know. Mm -hmm. So all of that. And then I was working in the multinational life. And then I felt that. Well, there was so much of politics I went through. That's a standard. Everybody will tell you that. Mm -hmm. But then there came a point. My last appointment was as a country head for a, for a very cool British company. Mm -hmm. And um, my experience at the learning was um, tremendous because I was the first female recruit and I was also happened to be the woman on top. <laughs> yeah. And my MD uh, was in London, my chairman in Canberra, Australia. And below me, I was heading country operations, all men. And these are men who are very much more senior to me in the IT field as well as in age at the time. Mm -hmm. And I was placed there by the universe to coach them, to guide them. And that is where I really understood the art and craft and science and psychology behind what it meant to empower a team that is gender diverse. How do you tap in and use men as allies and support them and uplift them for the greater good of all. So right after that situation, I found myself one day on the bed, Joe. I was lying on my bed. Mm. And I started asking some tough questions for myself. I told myself, hey, Sinella, you know what? You worked really hard. But along your career, you've always tried to find validation, acceptance. Mm. You always try to conform. You always mm. try to you know, achieve your KPIs. But end of the day, something felt missing, Joe. Mm. But, you know, but don't you think it's interesting because for, for each of us, that moment where we really feel that, that emptiness is different, right? It's not the same moment. But for me, my epiphany came 
uh, six months after that moment where I sat in my bed, where I was thinking, I was praying to God saying, God, what is my calling? What is my purpose? Because I, I always knew in my mind, in the back of my mind, I always knew that if I find my passion, my purpose lies there also. That is something I always told myself. If I find my passion, if I identify my passion in life, then I will find my purpose. That yeah. was this belief I had. So from that, I started journaling because I journal a lot. And I was journaling and I was saying, okay, I've had a really cool corporate career, very successful. But right now, Menti, what next? What next? I need something more. Yeah. And that is when um, I went for this, this conference. And um, the conference was about you know, shattering your fears, shattering, you know, all these things. And it was about a lead, it was a leadership conference. And then the speaker happened to ask me a question out of a crowd of 350 people. <laughs> the question came to me. Can you hear me, Joe? Am I still yes. clear? Yes, I can hear okay. you perfectly. Mm -hmm. By the way, so everyone, the question, Anela is on, on the beach with a mar uh, was it a, a <laughs> mojito? <laughs> no, we can hear you fine. Go ahead. <clears throat> Thank you. And then he asked me, what is your number one mission, your personal mission in your life? What are you called to do? And at that moment, that question, now this is a leadership forum. And I was like, I was thinking about this. And then that this, the three minutes that followed felt like a lifetime. But then in three minutes, I remember my, my voice, I spoke out and I said, very, very decisively, I want to empower over one million women for leadership and economic growth in my lifetime. Very decisively. And just then, Joe, it was like, boom, it was reinforcement to myself. I was like, that is what I was missing. That yeah. is my calling. That yeah. is my purpose. I went home and I was, you know, this was in me, was in me, was in me. And in 20 minutes, Joe, would you believe me? I did the entire business plan. I did the vision. I did the ethos. I did everything. Mm. Um, and after that, everything you see around Women Empowered Global, from our slogan, the branding, to what we stand for, everything is so purposeful end-to-end. -end. It's very consistent. Yeah. Because how it was birthed was, was just like this divine sort of thing, you know, that happened. And I, I urge everybody really to step into that, that divinity in, in what your calling is, your purpose. What is your purpose? So don't, don't worry about anything else as an entrepreneur. We can speak more about that later, Joe. I'm going to stop here for now. Yeah. But just to tell you, that is my story. You that know, so that, it involved a, yeah, that it involved a lot of crying. It involved a lot of lonely nights, a lot of lonely days where I just sit on my bed thinking, oh, I want more from this, more from life, yeah. you know. I want you know, to feel I more think, fulfilled. I think there's mm -hmm. a lot of women listening who can relate to this. I know personally I can relate and I know a lot of other women that can because you, you know, you go to, to university and you do all the studying and you work hard and blah, blah, blah. And then you get into these corporate structures and you realize at some point that you've been sold a lie because you're told mm. that <laughs> you're told that, you know, just work hard and get to the top and blah, blah, blah but you're not told that you're going to come across a lot of stumbling blocks and a lot of blocks 
and you're not told how, that there's going to be times where you're going to have to fight. And fighting sometimes may mean, you know, not getting that promotion or not getting, you know, whatever, whatever it may be. Or like you said, having to conform and living in two separate worlds, you know, your values versus the values that you need to somehow ascribe to in order to get ahead. There's a lot of stuff that women have to deal with in the corporate world that aren't discussed, that, you're not, that, that aren't shared. You're just told, study hard, get a job, do well, you know? And um, I think a lot of women can relate to when you said you felt empty because there's a point where you realize you have everything and you're still miserable, <laughs> you know? <laughs> you go into this job every single day and you have the title and you have the money and you're working on all the big projects, but you're just not happy. And I think that is that turning point, like you said, when you have to do the soul searching. And I think for a lot of women, it's difficult to do that because um, you, there's so much uncertainty on the other side and you don't know what you're going to do. But, you know, you, you came out on the other side and that's fine. Like me, I just, I just, I moved on. I quit. I left it all together because I knew it wasn't <laughs> I knew it wasn't me, you know, and I knew that world wasn't me. And I knew nine, 10 years was enough. And I had, I, it was time to move on. And the funny thing is, I always did things on the side. I always pursued my passions on the side whilst having this corporate job. So it's almost like I had one foot in and one foot out. But I think you have to make a, a decision in your life where you have, your values have to align. And I think a lot of times, a corporate values don't always align with, your, with our personal values. They're, they can be very different. There's a lot of compromising, you know? Absolutely, because they're usually tied to commercial goals. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And so uh, I mean, something about alignment—that's really interesting, you know. Because people listening in might probably ask the question: Well, when will I know? You know, um, I, I have an idea to start my business, but when will I know when to start? Or maybe I've already started, but I have some insecurities whether I can keep it up, whether I can maintain. God, I need to invest so much in myself. These are very critical questions that only. You know, you will inside you inside yourself have that conviction. But of course, you need outside. Uh, it, you know, you can all, always get a mentor and you know sort that out. But end of the day, if you keep it simple, stick to what is human and simple in in, in that entire frame. End of the day, the universe is going to challenge us yep. with a question. Right? Like I was challenged. I've been always trying to seek for what is my higher self. And then the question came, Sunella, you've got the vision now. You finally got it, but are you ready? See, it's one thing to realize and finally get the realization, but it's another thing to hold that conviction, use it as, as momentum and birth it out. And I think a lot of women might even get stuck in the part two of this ingredient. It's, some people might actually, women might actually know what they want to do. They probably have already identified what their go-to skill and talent is, but yeah. they yet haven't launched out. They're still working for somebody else. Yeah. So then the question becomes, when will you know when you're ready? And my answer to that is, honey, you will just know. It's but intuitive. the question is, it's intuitive. You'll know. It's intuitive. Know. But Everything even when you know, everything yeah. you say, this is it. And you, you, you'll just have to find a way to make it happen and you'll follow it through somehow. The magic is inside. The magic is inside. It yes. definitely is. And I think what's, what's unfortunate is that many of us ignore our intuition. Many of us mm -hmm. ignore that little voice. Yeah. And 
we get caught up in all the other stuff but there's that feeling and you know it's it's like you said crying being sad feeling mm. off, feeling lonely these are all the universe god whatever you want to call it these are all the signs. <laughs> these are all the signs and it's not like oh why do i feel this way it's you need to feel this way because there's something else <laughs> to come out but you know you, you you're not allowing that to happen <clears throat> and i think yeah you you'll just know you'll just know you'll know mm. and, it'll, and it'll feel right and it'll just it'll, it'll just fall into place but what i want to do now is talk about the empowered woman so how do you define the empowered woman what does the empowered woman mean to you I love that question, Joe, for many reasons. It, yes. it really gets me reflective and I'm diving deep here. Yes. So the thing is, um, everything I am today, mm. I cannot separate it from my experience. I cannot ex separate it from my nurture and my nature. It's everything. Mm. So if I look at where I am today, what, where from my vantage point, what I understand is that an empowered woman is not somebody who is scared to be vulnerable. Mm. An empowered woman is somebody who shows her vulnerability but is confident because she loves herself. She mm. still believes in herself. Mm. And that is really the journey that I'm on now is to help them open up their voice. Being empowered, you know, a lot of people come to me, my line of work, Joe, a lot of people come and say, oh, Sinella, you must be, the best mom, the best wife, the best this, and hence you've set out on this journey to start your own business. I'm like, you can't be more wrong about that. It's not about, you know, this whole philosophy and mindset about only when you're rich, help the poor. Only when you're fully empowered, empower others. I don't believe in that. Mm. It, you can start right where you are. You know why? It's like time. You will never control Time. You will never get everything you're doing 100% right. You are imperfect. But mm -hmm. within that space, an empowered woman is who knows who she is, who is assertive, who believes in herself, and who has that conviction and passion and spirit inside of her. And in that vulnerability, in that weakness, she still sees her strengths. Yeah. So, you know, and it has nothing to do it has nothing to do with your social strata. No, nope. it has nothing to do with what you have in your life, what you were born with. You could be somebody who has nothing, but that—that that is not. That is just the start. That is not the definition. It's that the authentic, authentic versus external, isn't it? It's exactly. authentic power versus external power. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. But I see so that so my many mind is empowered, women. Mm -hmm. When you're in the corporate world, what's value is external power, though. It's not the authentic power. Exactly. Because the authentic mm. power doesn't work in the corporate world but, and, or, or generally out in the working world. But I think when, you, when you're running your own business, you have to step into your authentic power. Otherwise, you're, you're not, it's not going to work. <laughs> Period. And I love, yeah. what you, I love what you said about vulnerability because I know for a long time, that was difficult for me because I was not taught that vulnerability was a good thing. I mean, we're taught that everything feminine is bad. Vulnerability is feminine. That's bad. You don't show that you have to, you have to show up as a strong person all the time, which is a farce, you know, <laughs> and you only show this. Take clear from the stereotypes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And you only show vulnerability to people that you're closest to, blah, 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 blah. 
And then you realize, but that's not true. But I find that so many women show up in that way though, that in that non-authentic space and they're validated and they're rewarded. So how, how do, how do women then, then step back from that? I mean, if, if that's all you know, and if that's all you're taught and you don't know anything different, how, how do you know there's something else out there? How do you know that this vulnerability is, is important? You know what, you know what, Joe? What I've understood is this. Mm. Even in the corporate sector, this is fabulous realization that I came to, but mm. it was after I left the corporate world. And when I still deal with the corporates now for different reasons, for different advocacy pro programs, what I've understood is this. Had I challenged myself to really tap into my authentic power, even when I was in the corporate system, had I really done that and tried that, only then will I know the, the results that could have manifested. Because without even trying, see, don't you think it really is, in a way, a restrictive mindset we put on ourselves that even in the corporate world, we cannot be authentic. I actually challenge women who attend my leadership programs. I tell them, you know, a lot of women come to me and say, Sinala but, Sinala but, you know, when I work with all these men, I don't know what to do. And I'm like... Be the change you want to see. It needs to start somewhere. But it's hard. It's hard. I mean, I used, to work in, I used to work in construction. That's all men. And it's funny because I feel like when you're in the corporate environment, you get rewarded for being non-authentic. You know, you get the promotions for being tough and working on and all this other stuff. But there are times where when you, you can see when you step into the authentic space that men actually respect that. Because it's, it's they, I think deep down inside, that's the expectation they have of you, but they don't even realize it themselves, if that makes sense. I've seen that play itself out. But generally, in the corporate space, a woman is not rewarded for being, for being her authentic self, whatever that authentic self is. So I can relate to women saying it's hard and they don't know how, because there's a lot of confusion. You're a woman, you're told to be one way, you go into the job, you're told to act a certain way, you act a certain way, you don't get anything, you act another way, you get rewarded. It's, it's a very confusing um, space to be in, I think. So Joe, see, what I tell people is this. Um, see, when I talk about feminism as a woman, as a mother, like I tell people, look, I am a feminist, but um, you know, there are more modern contemporary breeds and versions of what, how you define feminism. Sure. My perspective on feminism is that you really do need the community. You need the buying of our men. You need the buying of the network. You need the buying of the corporates. You need the buying of policies because we need the buy-in to have that leverage so that we get in there, join the, 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 percent, the, the minority that is upstairs, and then we start changing the system. We start making decisions. It cannot be confrontational. So this journey to really be to really uh, experience the benefits of what empowerment could look like for a woman really does mean humility. It means uh, stra being strategic. You have to be smart. Um, you know, um, you cannot be confrontational, but you have to be assertive. And what assertive means is to know that you have a responsibility to get heard. And, you know, you cannot be a doormat. 
And at the same time, I t keep telling people now, the only reason I do everything I do right now, making the impact I make around the world is purely because of the support system that I have. I have somebody to look after my child when I have to do my overseas travels. I have somebody to do this when I have to do that. So you need to, as a woman, to really feel empowered you need to be vulnerable. You need to give in to a support system. You cannot have that mentality to say, oh, I'm empowered, which means, you know, uh, it means I have to be extremely independent, uh, no support network or whatever, you know, that typical sort of, uh, I'm, I'm just tough and, you know, that sort of persona. That is not what it means. And that is not what I advocate. And you know, that is the type of vulnerability I mean, you know, vulnerability by being hum humble. Yes, it backfires and asking for help. Because I've, seen, I've seen a lot of women get into positions of power where they come across as tough and hard and edgy. And what happens is they, mm -hmm. they, they alienate everyone around them. They turn people off and it sets the wrong tone. Whereas if you just show up in an authentic way and say, hey, I'm human just like you. I'm here to do my job. I'm here to do the best. Let's work together. Let's see what we can achieve together. I think people respect that more than you trying to be this tough, hard person and act like you know everything. And um, yeah, and I, I've seen that, I've seen that backfire a lot. And like you said, you've got to be vulnerable, but at the same time, you don't need, you don't want to be a doormat. And I think people are, women always say, oh, I have to act like this, otherwise people will walk all over me. But I challenge that. I say to them, people only walk all over you if you let them. If you're in a position where you feel like someone is walking all over you, then you've got to address it. It's very simple. So are you, <laughs> no, it's true. It's, are, you, are you afraid of speaking to someone and saying, you know, that thing that you said or that thing that you did, I, I didn't like how it made me feel because that's really what it boils down to. And you resolve it and you move on. It doesn't mean being confrontational, but I think you can be vulnerable and not have people walk all over you. I think there's, there's this very sort of, I don't know, weird correlation between if I'm vulnerable, that means I'm weak and that means people are going to step over me. But I don't see it that way. I think it just means you're honest about your flaws and you're human. And I think people respect that in the long term. I, don't, I think people walk all over people who let them and who don't have boundaries and who don't set the right boundaries along the lines of respect. And I think if there's respect, people will always kind of give that. And if you get challenged, then you just kind of say, okay, we need to have a chat, you know? But I don't, I don't see it as something that, that okay, well, people are always going to walk all over you if you allow yourself to be vulnerable. Because I hear that a lot. I hear that a lot. Joe, you're absolutely right. You know, something that I'm, um, I, based on, I mean, when you were speaking, I was also thinking, Joe, you know what? Here's the thing. The story is this. When women come to me for coaching and they say, oh, Sanala, can you coach, coach me because I want to change something in my life? And mm. the first question I say is, change is easy. I can change your life. But just because, I mean, I can help you achieve something. But just because you want some change in your life doesn't mean you're going to experience transformation. Yeah. If you want transformation, my question to you is, how serious are you? How serious are you? A lot of people don't want to put the work, Joe. A lot of people just want to achieve that. So yeah. one of the key questions I ask people who come to me for coaching is number one, how serious are you? How serious are you to invest your time, your energy? Because end of the day, if you want to be empowered, if you want to experience the benefits of an empowered life and impact the world and impact everyone around you, if you really, really want to, guess what? Accountability lies with you. It's with yourself, begins with you and ends with you. 
You need yeah. to be accountable for it. A lot of people aren't accountable to put in that change, that effort. They just don't want the work. They want the result. So that's another thing that a lot of us need to think about, isn't it? When it comes and it's to hard work. Cover. It's hard work. The inner work. Oh, Joe, you know it is hard, right? <laughs> it's hard, right? It's hard work. It's hard work. It requires a lot of unlearning, a lot of learning, a lot of, it just, it, it's very difficult. And it's easier to just say, to say it, but not actually invest in it. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. Joe. Yes. And something I want, something else I want to talk about is, female empowerment and what it means to be empowered in different parts of the world. Okay. You've got mm -hmm. different definitions depending on the culture, you know, whether you're coming from South Asia in Sri Lanka. Mm -hmm. So we can say that's the South Asian culture, you know, uh, India and Pakistan, mm -hmm. Sri Lanka, um, and all those countries in, in that, in that region. I'm coming from the Caribbean. Um, we've both worked, you know, in Western environments in Europe and the U.S. So we kind of, we kind of see there's differences there. And then, you know, we have friends from Africa and Latin America and, and different parts of the world. So how would you, would you say female empowerment is defined differently depending on culture? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I think if you look at a very um, top level view on it, end of the day, uh, if you could it, break it into one small bracket, it would be giving the woman a voice, mm. right? That is basic. That is standard. Everybody around the world, every woman, it is a human right to have a voice and express that voice. That is empowerment. But the minute, the minute you decipher that into geographies, uh, cultural uh, scenarios, oh my goodness, the dynamic completely changes. So in this part of the world, so Women Empower Global is headquartered in Sri Lanka currently. And in this part of the world, I'm Sri Lankan. Um, gosh, Joe, it's, it's crazy if I tell you what I've been through myself. If people look at me today, if I speak at a panel, they'll just be like, oh, wow, look at her. Her life is perfect. People have, you know, probably paid for her, sponsored her, you know, her studies. And she said an easy life. Oh, no, they couldn't be further wrong from that it's it's like even i myself what i've been through uh, we each have a story joe and the thing in south asia is cultural influence is huge and mm -hmm. we all know about the the patriarchy you know we, we all know about all that right mm -hmm. so in sri lanka um i still find that culturally um even when it comes to certain corporate environments we are a couple of years behind like a decade or so, when it comes to the empowerment movement, we're even further behind that. But mm. is there a lot of traction? Are there women who are coming out? Yes. Mm. But is, how, what about the resistance? There is a lot of resistance. Mm. Um, uh, arranged marriages are still happening very much, especially for women from uh, rural communities. Yeah, yeah. So when you look at this part of the world, the minute you talk of empowerment, Joe, the first thing people want to talk about is or the idea that's associated with empowerment for women in this part of the world is, oh, economic empowerment. You mean financial, right? Mm. You mean rural empowerment, some livelihood development program? I mean, that's the only thing that comes to them because that is the, the hour of the need. And there's so much, like in this, what's happening right now, there's a little bit of a dilemma. There's a lot of financing microcredit schemes that are happening for women in rural communities by all these leasing finance companies and banks. But these women in these communities don't have literacy 
or they don't have education. So guess what's happening? They fall prey to these, um, these uh, you know, microcredit programs to, with the promise of starting their livelihood and supporting the family, but they have no clue on how to apply those financial tools. Mm. So we have nobody, you know, we need to, so there's so much. So what I'm trying to say is when it comes to empowering a woman, if you talk about rural upliftment, it's, the focus should not only be on economic growth. It should also be on giving a financial tool education, mm. how to do that, giving her that awareness, mm. you know. So it's a very holistic program people need to be looking at. So that is another area that we're working on to design yeah. a program and look at connections to support that in South Asia. Yeah. But it's definitely different, Joe, definitely. Of course. To the West especially. Because yeah. women, women in different parts of the world, it's like feminism. Women in different parts of the world are dealing with different issues. And it's the, the culture is going to make, make it very nuanced. And like you said, in South Asia, you know, arranged marriages, you know, some people will say it works, it's fine. Some people will say, no, it doesn't. Um, like, like you so uh, perfectly articulated, there's issues with women in the rural areas and the villages and, and, and all sorts of stuff. And if you talk to somebody from Kenya, they'll tell you something else. And somebody from, you know, Trinidad, and they'll tell you something else. It's, it's different for every woman. But what I find um, is that women define empowerment like individually very differently also based on their cultures because i think in the west there's often a very it's very loud empowerment can be very loud and it can be very noisy and you know let's hit the streets and let's chant and let's be out there and let's shake things up and all of that stuff but then you look at societies in the west and you don't see that much changing so you wonder if is being loud really the answer, you know? And then you look at some societies like where I am in China, where female empowerment is not loud. It's not loud. But then you see things happening in China that are actually quite progressive, you know? And I'm not saying that it's a perfect society, but you see some things happening here with women and you think, hmm, that's interesting. And then there may be something else different for, say, a woman in India or a woman in, you know, I don't know, another part of the world in Mexico. So I think it's important that everyone be able to define female empowerment in their own way. And I think something that I have learned um, is that empowerment doesn't always have to be noisy. You know, empowerment can be just as simple as letting the work speak for itself. And sometimes the people who are in the trenches doing the work and not necessarily talking a lot but you see what they're doing and you, just, and, and you see the progress being made, that's just as important as the people who are sometimes shouting. But I, I don't always think shouting gets, gets us anywhere. I mean, it's important to raise the voices and, and that plays a part, but I think there are times you just have to get, you have to get down and get on with the work of empowerment. I absolutely agree with you, Joe. I think uh, I absolutely agree with you because the thing is this, there is no general medicine or common prescription for this. Yeah. I mean, the dynamics vary. Um, the thing is this, like, even in this part of the world, even in my multinational, hmm. um, I've had a female boss that, that was very, very difficult, you know, I because she imagine. felt very threatened. But oh, see, yeah. this is, here's my point right here. Here's my point. She's a woman. She, she, she gets me at a gender level. I don't want to bring gender into this because, you know, when you, I don't like to color everything in gender because then there's more division. Mm. I, I prefer not to. 
But end of the day, she's a woman, heart to heart. But this is what I mean. Women need to come together and stick together. We need to see a, a situation where women don't compete with each other to put each other down, right? Because we're already in the minorities and I think we need to collaborate mm. so that we can make a greater impact. Because right now, if you look at the Fortune 500 top companies, we've just got 46% on boards. So women in boards are suffering. So when you see this part of the world, if you look at Sri Lanka, it's less than 4% on boards. And then you wonder, well, what's happening? What's going wrong? Like, you know, so the people that get appointed to boards are decided by a homogeneous clan, mostly men. And the people that get promoted are also homogeneous, you know, for homogeneous Mm. traits. It's all masculine traits, like you pointed out earlier. Yes, absolutely. Which is why. So one of the key things that I do is leadership acceleration. That is the DNA of what I do, Joe. That is why I'm so focused on accelerating that leadership journey for a woman, because my vision is that the more women I get up there in positions of influence and decision, we start making institutional policy changes. Yeah. But to do that, we, it has, it's incremental, but women need to work together. We yeah, cannot but, be threatened. You know, but the empowered woman wants to work with mm-hmm. another woman and she's not threatened. And that goes back to the, the inner work that we were talking about because there are a lot of women who... When they get around other women, it's like this insecurity kicks in and then there's the competition. Mm. And, you know, women weaponize, you know, we, we weaponize everything. We weaponize our beauty. We weaponize the fact that we're... <laughs> I love how you say that. No, it's true. We weaponize, <laughs> women weaponize anything that we can use as a weapon to slash the next woman. Oh my God, we, we do. It's our beauty. It's the fact that we have kids. It's the fact that we're married. It's, it's like we find everything that we can to use as a weapon against another woman. And that, that's for various reasons. It's the insecurity. I think it's the internalized misogyny. It's, it's the society that we live in. But when you've done the inner work and you realize, hey, wait a minute, she's not my enemy. That's when you can look at another woman and say, you know what? I can learn something from her and we can actually work together. But that, like we said, that takes a lot of work. I mean, how many times have you been in conversations with women and you hear these women say things and it's these very subtle attacks and you're just like, where did that come from? That was why. And and that that's why that was a dagger. Yeah, and that's the weapon. That's the dagger, and that's the that's the weaponization of everything. You know, like oh, it's like there's this arbitrary scale that women have to climb, and once we, you know, there's different things we have to acquire to get to the top. You know, and once we get there, we use everything as a weapon. You know, whether it's our (laughs) disease and how we look. And how pretty we are. And then we've got the man. We've got the husband. We've got the house. We've got the kids. We're perfect, perfect, perfect. And then, you know, it, it, honestly, like, <laughs> that's, that's, that's how I, I kind of see it. And it's, it's always this lashing out at the other woman. Okay, I have this. You don't have that. Yeah, I have this. And it's just like, come on, you know. But it happens. And that's, that's, kind, of, that's kind of the way it is. And you can choose to play that game where you can just step out of it and say, you know what? I, I, I can't be a part of this. I can't be a part of this. I don't want to be a part of this. I need to work on me and I need to sort myself out. And I think when you, when you step into that space and realize you've got to do your own work, those women, can't, they kind of fall off by the wayside because you're not playing that game anymore. And they see that. You know, Chuck, 
Absolutely. You know what? One thing I've noticed is that I find that men are more direct than women. Of course. And I feel that, and I, and I feel that, uh, you know, women with, with, you know, other women, the relationships, women to women relationships, if women are more direct and if, you know, if you feel that somebody's coming on you in the wrong way, one thing I've noticed that helps is definitely intuition. Mm-hmm. A second thing is mindfulness. The minute you feel that you're feeling competitive or you're feeling insecure, intimidated by another woman because of her success. You've got to be mindful about that. <coughs> Mindfulness can do wonders, but it, it's not easy. It's not something that you can, it, that just switches on. But there again, it's accountability. You need to tell yourself every day, you know what? Oh no, I'm doing it again. I'm being competitive. Why? Is it because I need self-validation? Is it, is it because I feel that I lack something? There's something that she yes. has that I don't, yes. you know? So... Yeah, and that's a trap. It could be a trap. That's what it boils down to sometimes, you know. She's got that and I want that. But who says you need to have that? Is it because society says that that's what you need to be happy? Mm. And then when you talk to that woman, you realize she's got it and she's still not happy. So what is the point? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> she's probably more miserable. Because yeah. according to society, she must be this beautiful goddess, you know, in this beautiful tower house. And then you look at her and you're like, oh, wow, she has everything I'll ever need. But then guess what? She has her own story. She yeah. has her own tears, her own pain. And you will never yeah. even know, maybe. And that's you a know? point. When you realize, when you realize, mm. when you look at every woman and you realize she's female just like me. She's got her insecurities mm. just like me. She's got her drama and her fears just like me. And then you start to see it for what it is and you don't get caught up in that. And um, that's when you can become allies because it's, Cause it's like you know so i think sometimes the people that look perfect they're they're not you know and one thing i've learned over the years is things are not what they seem um mm. people who seem to have it all together the people who ticked all the boxes they have their issues just like everybody else and sometimes you're in your own little world and you're just happy in your in your space but you're thinking oh i need that and then you realize, no, actually, I really don't. I'm happy where I am. So it's honoring your own story and, and just mm. being happy with where you are in your life and just blocking out the noise because <laughs> there's always going to be someone telling you that <laughs> you need this or you need that. But you really don't. I think you need yourself at the end of the day. That's, that's what you need. That's really Absolutely, Joe. Absolutely. And also, you know, as women, we need to be extra mindful of the fact that we currently pay more attention and allow ourselves to be more influenced by the voices of what other women say. If it's good, it's great. But what if it's negative? What if another woman or your mom or your sister comes and tells you or your sister-in-law or mother-in-law says, oh, you can't do that. Or you can't do this. Or your boss says. But you know, this is the thing about a woman again. I'm not generalizing, but what I find by and large is that women, they sort of look for acceptance and validation versus a man looks for respect Mm. so that is another avenue i think another space that we need to be again mindful about and it's not to say that you know we are in the wrong if we have those innate qualities for whatever reasons use them leverage on them but be mindful it all begins with you you know joe end of the day my slogan is shut your glass ceiling and i believe there are two types one are the inhibitions that you put upon yourself, the glass ceiling issues to do with lack of self-confidence, disbelief, I don't believe in myself, I don't even love myself. Hey, I can't even look in the mirror in the morning anymore, you know? So yeah. you get a situation. So that, that it, it may even inhibit you more than your husband. 
And then you get the external factors that, that are glass ceiling issues like at a board level, at a corporate level. So a lot of the conversation around empowerment tends to focus on the external modes, you know, oh, let's uh, increase the mandate for gender equality in a company or whatever, whatever, whatever. But what about the, the inside issues like personal leadership traits, personal confidence, uh, image, personal branding, that sort of aspect. That is a lot of uh, the work that I do because I'm passionate about that. Women need to start from inside. Isn't yeah. it, Joe? You and I were talking about the internal self-talk that we do. Why do we tell ourselves, you know, that Watch sort of thing? Crazy stuff. And, and Joe, I, I say this with, with all humility because guess what? I was victimizing myself for the longest time. I didn't love myself. I didn't yeah. believe in myself. But I was good at what I did at yeah. some at a level. But end of the day, why did I still feel empty? Why didn't I feel aligned? This is the trap. So women need to, we need to protect ourselves. We need to embrace ourselves. The day we fully embrace ourselves as a woman, mm. that is the day we start even protecting and defending ourselves. Embrace it. Embrace it. It's not a weakness. It's a strength. Leverage. Leverage. And what I know, because you, you coach women and you, you deal, you know, you're, like you said, it's shatter your yes. glass ceiling and it goes back to the yes. end work. What would you say are some key steps or some key things that women need to do? Because you know our audience are women entrepreneurs, early stage uh, of business. What are the key things that you think women need to do to, to shatter their glass ceiling and to work towards empowering themselves. So number one, I would tell you is this. Uh, personally, to me, spirituality is a very big component because I need to find alignment. Whatever business you're doing, if you feel that it's commercially viable, giving you the profits you want, but you still don't have peace in mind, if you don't feel aligned at a soul level, then that means you haven't tapped into your calling. You need to find your purpose. Mm. So number one is spend some time of reflection. Do a SWOT analysis on yourself. What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? What are the opportunities you've missed? What does your network look like? For an entrepreneur especially, one of the key things I tell them is this. You need to leverage your network. If you don't have a good market network at the moment, you need to establish one. You need to go out of your comfort zone, get involved with more communities, get involved with more people, get on LinkedIn, start thinking about your digital brand identity. Mm. Once you establish and grow your network, then you start looking at, you know, you start looking at ways to monetize that network. Yeah. So the one of the easiest, quickest, surest ways to do that is to really not go out there and create a new skill or talent about you, but really tap into a swat on what are your talents already because each yeah. of us have a beautiful talent you know uh, for me it's about inspiring people tapping into potentials and I, I happen to love to talk so <laughs> I've combined all these natural gifts that I have and yeah. now today I'm a leadership coach and I'm an entrepreneur so nice. such is life like that tap mm -hmm. into what your core area is what is your core strength because you know what each of us have a unique core element and if we can leverage that. So number one, think about your digital brand identity because globalization is out there. Hey, guess what? It's been out there for a long time. You yeah. have to get your brand online. You have to get your personal brand online. Tap into your core competency. Get, look at your network. Think of ways to monetize your network. Don't neglect your network. And, more, and above all else, my number one thing is 
you have to be able to wake up in the morning, look at the mirror, look at yourself in the eyes, through the reflection in the mirror and say, you know what? I love myself. I believe in myself. I can do this. Because you know why? Affirmations, Joe. Statistically, mm. it's proven. Affirmations go a long way. Mm. Massive yield. It begins with how we feel inside. We've all heard about the law of attraction. It's nothing new. Yeah. There's no science behind it. It's really an emotion. It's really an energy. It's just basic. What, you know, what, you, what you give off is what you give back. And, you know, I want to add that it's important to protect your energy. Mm -hmm. And it's really important to protect your energy mm. and protect your space. I feel like a lot of the times we socialize mm -hmm. with people and we have people in our lives that we need to get rid of. Mm. And, I mean, and I mean, frankly speaking, that we just need to get rid of. <laughs> no, you is that how you said that? No. Is that how you said it? Get rid of, get rid of. No, no, and I know that sounds harsh. And I know there are people who are going to be like, oh my God, what does she mean? Just get rid of it. <laughs> Listen, there are people in your life today who are tearing you apart, mm. who are making you miserable, who are making you sad, who are mm. adding so much negativity to your life. And you're hanging on to them because you either feel obligated to them. Maybe they've done something for you in the past and you, you feel like you can't let them go because they're a relative, because you've known they're a friend that you've had for 20 mm. years. This is not a reason to keep these people in your life. Now, I'm not saying everyone's got to decide who they want in their life. And I'm not saying mm. you, know, you cut people off and you get rid of them. Some people do and it works for them fine. But I think there's an amount of space that you've got to put between yourself and others when you're trying to be better. And if there are people who are not supporting your betterment, your improvement, your advancement, you, you really need to put some space there because they're bringing your energy down. And you see it a lot. You see very successful women and then you look at their circles, you look at their friends, you look at you know, who they're hanging around, what they're doing. And it's like, okay, you could be much better, but you're not because of the people that you're around. So are you really successful? Mm. Are you successful in your personal life? Are you successful in your relationships? This is, it's almost like redefining success. And I think it's important to, you've got to do an audit. I call it an audit. You've got to audit. You have to, because sometimes there are people who are bringing you down and you know it and you're scared to give just give you give them a bit of distance because you think that you're obligated to them you're not obligated to people who are making you feel bad i'm so happy you brought that out joe i couldn't agree more True. yes because you know i've heard this saying joe um you know you are the you are the sum of the five people that you hang out with the most, Absolutely. you will love to influence you the most. The energy vampires. Absolutely. And even at a mental level, you know, the, 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 the talk, the negative talk that goes in, it could even be in a very passive form. You could have a scenario, you go for coffee with a girlfriend and suddenly she'd be like, oh, you know what? You look fat in that dress today. Mm. And then, you you know, that would just instantly get you down. So you yes. need to be guarded like you said joe and i think that's that's very timely that you say that as well and i think that is something that every woman needs to be mindful about you know because the power of affirmations whether it's negative or good it's it's power so we yeah. need to watch out stay you guarded you've got to be selective and if someone decide if people decide that they don't like you or they think you're a snob or that you're aloof or whatever it is because you you have decided to protect yourself in this way that's not your problem. I think you have got to decide about what works for you. You've got to decide on 
on who works for you and what works for you. And that's, that's, that's being selective about who you let in your life. And I think some of the most, the most admirable, admirable people I've met, some of the people I respect the most are the ones who are surrounded by loving, kind, caring people, because that helps you to be successful. Because if you've got friends and family who love you unconditionally with all your flaws and you know, all the good things as well, you're going to be better in your, in your professional life. You're going to be better as an entrepreneur. You're going to be better as a mom, as a dad, as a friend, because you've got these core people in your life that you know are, they're just gems. And I think that's so important in order to be empowered as a woman too. Yeah, absolutely. Because end of the day, it is just hallucination to think you can do it alone. Yeah. You know, you need somebody be like, like Joe said, if it's your mentor or your mom, whoever your go-to person is, you know, you need to have that or whether it's spirituality, whatever it is, it could be something for anyone or whatever it is. If you haven't identified that someone or something already go and do that first step, go and do that first step. Yeah. Yeah. And never stop believing in yourself. Absolutely. And that is such a great way to end. And do you have any additional um, parting words for the women who are listening in? Yes, I want to say that, um, you know, right now, if you're listening in, I know that you are meant to hear this, you're meant to join this podcast. And I have utmost faith, faith that the universe is going to carry you through. And the minute you face that door of opportunity, I want you to face it with courage with conviction and say yes, say yes. Wow. You know, when, you, when it comes your way, just say yes, I will. One thing I've noticed, I just want to quickly add, <laughs> a key difference in men is that men take on more stretch assignments statistically because they don't think about the how, they just go for the why. A lot of women, unless they have figured out the methodologies and the how, they don't apply for that. So such is life. When it comes to opportunities in life as young entrepreneurs or whatever level or stage of entrepreneur you are listening in right now, you will be faced with a challenging opportunity. And it could also be that opportunity that you've been waiting for all your life. Yeah. Don't think about the how right now. The minute it comes to you, guess what? You just got to remember the why. Why you want to do it. Why you want to leap into that opportunity and just go for it. The how how you're going to do it, that's just going to fall in place in time. Don't think about that. Just say yes and go into it. Begin. Take the first step. And these are some of the things we can learn from men because I think we don't, we don't want to emulate each other. Men have got their strengths and women have got their strengths. You know, whether, <laughs> whether or not you believe yeah. in gender or blah, 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 I just think men and women, <laughs> we, we approach life differently and we can learn from each other. Men can learn from us and we can learn from mm. them. And there are a lot, some of the, some of, in business particularly, some of the people I admire the most and who I learn the most from are men. And um, there's, so, there's so many things about the way men do business and the way they conduct themselves that, I, that I've incorporated into myself. Like I like the focus, for example, like, and what you just mentioned, men don't think about you know, how they're going to get it done. They just do it. Whereas a lot of the times women, they're so obsessed with perfectionism and wanting everything to be perfect and wanting to be, <laughs> wanting to be number one at everything, everything, everything. And it's like, just stop. <laughs> just do it and it'll fall into place. But I like one thing I have to say that I admire about guys is, uh, and I guess because of how they are, they, they focus, you know, they focus and they, they do it and they just, they're, they're, they get it done and they don't let anything 
get in their way of their they're like horses on a racetrack and they just go <laughs> and they've got the blinders on and they're doing it and i, I know and, I, and I, I know myself and i with myself using myself as an example you know i can get very caught up in things something is thrown at me and i, I look over there and i'm like and i'm like no 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 you gotta come back here <laughs> and i think that's a very and i wonder if that's a very female thing because i have a lot of female colleagues and friends like that as well who they get caught up in so many other things and it's like no 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 just focus and do what you've got to do and everything will fall into And that's something I admire about guys. Guys are very good at being focused. They don't let anything get in. They're like, this is the mission and we are getting it and that is it. <laughs> and I love that. Let, let, let the wife look after the kids, right? <laughs> yeah. and, I, and I know there's negatives yeah. to that, but I think that's admirable because a lot of times women yes we're multitaskers but i wonder sometimes if all this multitasking is a good thing isn't it i mean i think i read somewhere that the brain functions better when it can focus on one thing at a time and i realize absolutely I realize because yes. we are women we will always do more and we always have more yes i understand but is it always best to be doing 10 projects at a time i mean will 10 projects at a time you know give you 10 successful results or is it one project that you can do 10 things within you know what i mean and and really i think joe I yeah know. just to build, build to build into the context which is so valuable right now what you're building right now i just want to add also that that question of how much as a woman ought i or ought to i take on you know the question becomes again what am i doing right now that is dictated to me by my society or, by, or what my parents want. Mm. It could even be the amount of children or the marriage you're in. Is it a marriage on your terms? Is it something that you willingly went into? You know, all these things that a woman multitasks in right now, how much of that has been her own decision? Mm. That is a very critical question linked to your focus question. See, yeah. what happens to men is men are very decisive because a lot of the social, uh, you know, uh, the social uh, influences are sort of, you know, it, it's not as strong as it is for women, right? The expectations. The we do. No, they don't. Yeah. But yeah. then again, Joe, what I love in what you're saying right now is as a woman, end of the day, it is also a choice. Yes, there is resistance from yes your mom wants you to stay at home or whatever and have 10 kids and not work but end of the day you need to ask yourself what do you want and it's not about you know I, I agree with you Joe because some of the people that I, I really admire they are men and, and, and I don't hate men as a feminist they are allies we can learn from each other and yeah. it's really admirable what they have and I think as women we need to stop you know playing the gen card every time I, I know I'm sounding controversial but just to say End of the day, sex, what fitted is success? Success is gender blind. Success has no gender. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I don't want a woman to say, oh, yes, Sanella, but I have, I have so many children. I have this, I have that. And then I ask her, well, if you have so many children and if you're unhappy, if you're complaining to me, don't complain to me because you've already had them. Number two, mm. has it not even been your decision? If you've had children, be happy with the children. Don't complain about it. Take yeah. accountability for your actions, don't right? Play, don't play into so, victimhood. No one likes a victim. Yes, like exactly. Them. Exactly. So there is a margin of empathy there. Yes, we get all of that. But end of the day, for women who have a little bit more freedom, a little bit more space, do not play the victim. 
you can do so much more. Success is, is, is gender blind. It has no gender. You can achieve equally and more. Just believe in it. Believe that you can. And define your own success, right? Success is different for everybody. You know, I've I've interviewed so many women on this podcast. Mm -hmm. And for me, you know, Joanne, I was a very happy and content housewife. And then all of a sudden, (laughs) I found this thing that I liked and look at me now. But when they were a housewife, (laughs) they were happy and they were successful and they were content. And that that was pleasing to them. And then they found something else and they're happy doing that too. I think success is can be defined at, in different ways at different times in your life. When you're as a teenager, when you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, success is different for every woman at a different stage. And you've got to define that on your own terms. And you've got to be content with that. And you've got to be happy with that. Because Absolutely. If, if it's always about when I get to my 40s, it's going to be like this. And when I get to my 50s, it's going to be like that. You're never going to be happy because it's, it's always going to be something different. And, um, and absolutely, the men can learn from us. And too. it's the never men, easy. The men can learn from our empathy and our compassion and, and the way we want to include everyone in things. So I think men and women, oh, yeah. the perfect society is when the two of us are aligned and we're flying together in unison. Definitely. That's absolutely. I, I, I see some, you know, research tells me that women have some unique attributes as a leader. Mm-hmm. Men come off as transactional, whereas women in leadership come off as trans- transformational. I mm-hmm. think being a woman, we can pride ourselves on some very unique assets and attributes. And I think, again, it's a matter of leverage mm-hmm. and the willingness to say yes. Yeah. You know, those are the two facets that have helped me personally in my journey. Leverage, using leverage, and also the willingness to say yes to the face of challenge. It's yeah. always that, you know, so... Yeah, I think it's working in harmony. And, um, you know, I applaud all the, all the mothers out there. I applaud all the wives out there. I applaud all the beautiful single ladies out there. I applaud everybody, every woman out there. Transgender, you know, because non-binary. Ups, transgender, FBN, whatever everybody. it is. Yeah. Every, yes, empowerment is, is a humanist quality. It's for everybody it's not about division it's not about burning bridges it's about giving life giving hope giving a voice making that platform real you know we've all all got a long way to go but i think having these conversations it helps i know for me i have a long way to go i'm not perfect by any by any means i've got my own struggles and and having, (laughs) having these having these conversations with women like yourself and sharing with women on this platform it, it helps it's it's a form of healing because we can hear other people's stories and you know if there's something that you heard in this podcast that you thought was very inspirational i encourage you to reach out to sunila um sunila and how can people get in touch with you give us all your details your website your contact your email everything thank you joe so women empowered global is the company and the website is womenempowered.global. That's womenempowered.global. We are on all social media as well. And you can email me at Sunella, that's S-E-N-E-L-A, at womenempowered.global. Our social media tag is Women EMP Global, EMP short for Empowered. So you can reach out to me there. Come onto the website as well. Check us out. And um, yes, just be inspired. You can 
you know, um, yeah, just really it's about sharing knowledge and sharing your story. And we're really excited to hear from you as well. And Joe, this has been such an honor. Thank you so much. And Joe, I, ad I admire your work. And I heard you speak at the Women's Economic Forum and I immediately just, just fell in love with you and your work. So thank you thank for you being so you. I'm and thank you for being so inspirational. I'm smitten by you as well. <laughs> and <you're> <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you so much. And is there anything that you are looking for at the moment? Any collaborator or I know you've got a platform where you profile women. Is there anything that you'd like to, to get from our audience? I know who's listening. Like Absolutely. So, so one of the key things is I'm very, very interested to um, increase my global footprint in the area of coaching. So that could be for individual coaching, uh, whether it's to start a business if you're an entrepreneur, whether it's to do a marketing plan, whether it's to really just define what you want to get into. So coaching, coaching on tapping your individual potential, understanding what it is, and developing an action plan to help you get that. So if anybody has... Uh, that view, that mindset, that inspiration, uh, do feel free to reach out to me and I will see how I can sort you out, how I can help you make that step and transformation. Great. Thank you, Sunila, for all the work that you do. You are amazing. You are an empowered woman. Thank you for in, in working to empower us all and through empowering us, you empower yourself and you are appreciated and the work that you do is extremely valuable and I'm glad that you left the corporate world and you're doing what you're doing now. <laughs> you, your light is shining bright and you are needed and you're necessary and you're just brilliant, 100%. Thank you so much, Joe. Wow, that is so powerful. <laughs> so I need to, you know what? That's it. Amen. You know what? I'm gonna listen to this podcast every morning <laughs> and have Joe Hamilton give that affirmation. Oh, Joe, you're amazing, and I love all your work in in the space of emotional intelligence and everything you do. And um, I'm also very excited to announce, I don't know if your uh, audience knows, that you are a global partner with the Women Empowered Global Network, and we are so honored to have you. And we look, we look forward to embarking on uh, very strategic um, um, programs to support the women as well. So thank you so much, thank Joe. We're so excited and we love you. And I can't wait to reconnect you. with you very soon. Exciting times ahead. All right, love you. <laughs> All right, Joe. That's, See you then. Bye, everyone. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye.